Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here today with Andrew and Spring, your favorite, well, I hope you were your favorite, sex experts answering your questions about love, sex, relationships, all the good stuff. Well, Andrew, you're my favorite, and I assume that I'm your favorite, so we're at least somebody's favorite. Yay. Number <laughs> ones. Um, no, speaking of number one, uh, do you know what episode we're on? What number? Uh, I'm going to... Uh, is it 69? Oh my God, it's 69, huh? It's such a weird, awful old joke, right? 69? I mean, it is maybe the oldest sex joke. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure it's the most common sex joke that like everybody knows. I kind of wish I lived on the 69th floor because then I could constantly tell people like, come yeah. up to number 69. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend who anytime somebody says like, oh, how many times or how, how often or whatever, he'll say, oh, six to nine times. Like, that's just his answer for everything because he wants to like get 69 out as much as possible. You know who else loves the number 69? Everyone? Oh. I don't know who. Um. My dad's going to kill me if he hears this, but my dad, uh, my dad, um, so when he was eight years old, he decided that he couldn't wait till he was 69 so that he would be allowed to say 69 and like not get in trouble for saying it and get to say it fairly often. And so last year he turned 69 and it was like his childhood dream come true that he could tell everyone that he was 69 and like, and it would be real and he wouldn't like get in trouble for saying it or get teased or anything. Um, And he did. He had a great time telling people that he was 69 for a whole year. And um, just recently he turned 70 and he was very upset about (laughs) that he doesn't get to say he's 69 anymore. So... I told him that he could say he's just 69 plus whatever, you know, so he can like continue to say it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people who stop aging at 29. Yeah. Like I'm 29. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. suggested to him that he could do that. Just, you know, decide that he's 69 24 <laughs> seven. I mean, why not? I mean, in this episode, ha- it kind of talks. I- this episode actually kind of like fits with the 69th, totally by accident. This is the the sequitur. It's not a non sequitur. Like it makes sense. Okay. So our question, our question today um, is, um, I really want my boyfriend to go down on me, but asking makes me feel guilty. And then there's some additional information that was provided with the question too. Oh. Like he loves to do it. I just feel dirty asking. Oh, I hate that. I hate when people feel bad about anything regarding their sex and their sexual desires. Right. I mean, this is a woman who's in a situation with a partner who wants to go down on them and who likes to, but she doesn't want to ask because she feels guilty. Why? What is making this possible? Why? Why do women feel bad about asking for things they want? I mean, it's everywhere in society, too. I mean, so some research. I'm going to start with some research today, everybody. Um, I'm actually crying right now. (laughs) This is the 
It, it is upset. It's great. So if we look at women or men, so if we ask women and men about their first sexual experiences, that, that first few times that you're out there with another person experiencing this great thing called sex, except for women, their number one emotion, how they feel, it's not pain, it's not disappointment, it's shame and guilt. Mm. So women are experiencing their very first sex with other people, they feel bad about it. They feel dirty and guilty about it. Um, so the question really is is part of that sort of feeling that women have when they start experiencing um, sex intimacy with partners. For men, their top <laughs> emotion is actually anxiety. Yeah. Right? We're, We're doing something really yeah. terrible about, terrible in terms of sex ed, because like, you know, you take some young people, they're having sex together, and their emotions are shame, guilt, and anxiety. Welcome to the United States. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is across um, a lot of cultures today, not all cultures, but a lot of cultures, um, because in general, um, women are taught that, you know, they should not be sexual and they should not, you know, have sexual desires and they should not ask for things that they want sexually. And so and they shouldn't enjoy sex if they're having. Right. It. Right. And so those things lead to shame and guilt and engaging in sex. And another thing that we know is, you know, first experiences are actually pretty important in setting the stage, you know, even like a first uh, experience with a specific partner, like kind of some of the things that you do and that can kind of set the stage for how you feel about things later. And I'm not trying to put more pressure on that first experience, except that I'm saying we can understand how these feelings can continue quite easily um, after that first interaction. And I mean, it's one of those times where, I mean, I love this question because it once again sort of flips the script. There's this kind of pervasive assumption that men don't want to perform oral sex on women or there are issues with men performing oral sex. Um, this, is, this isn't this is about that at all. This is about a woman who is uncomfortable asking for her sexual needs to be fulfilled. Like it, I mean, it kind of blows your mind when you really think about it societally that the problem here isn't about the sex. It's not about the man. It's not about desire. It's this shame and guilt that someone experiences getting in the way of them actually experiencing sexual can, pleasure. Can um, I just interrupt you for a second? Um, I mean, I, I just want to tell you how common this question is that we just got. And this is, I swear to God, this just happened in, while you were talking, my friend, one of our co-friends uh, that teaches a sexuality class, today he sent out note cards where people could write their sex questions on. And he just sent me this question. Uh, and it says, when two heterosexual people are having sex, why is oral sex on the guy standard act that usually happens while oral sex on the woman is rare and something the woman has to specifically ask for? Why is this so unfair? I mean, so I'm just, I'm so amazed at how common this question is. And, you know, it is, we're constantly getting this. Like it is, it is so pervasive in our culture about what is standard in sex and what is kind of expected in sex and what is kind of fallen by the wayside. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, a lot of it um, is kind of built in the expectation that it's easy to get a man off and you're going to do things to get a man off. And it's a lot of work to get a woman mm. off. 
right? Like, and when we start looking at that societal expectation on top of all of the other pieces, it really starts creating this unfair balance between men and women when it comes to oral sex and oral pleasure. Um, I mean, so many conversations that we should be need to be having about what these expectations are. Um, I don't know. For me, the expectation needs to be on my partner or your partner's effort on how much they're focusing on your enjoyment. I think that's probably the healthiest step for us to go in terms of expectation. Um, and that kind of helps get rid of some of the guilt and shame as well. Like if my partner is focusing on me and my pleasure and they're putting effort in me enjoying the experience, regardless if you're gay or straight or woman or man or trans or whatever it is, um, like that effort that someone caring enough to put effort into my enjoyment or me getting off sexy. Is, is, is paramount. I mean, oh, it's super very sexy. sexy. Like just, you know, the like enthusiasm that you put into sexual encounters means so much. Like the, the wanting to be there with a partner is very visible and is super sexy and is super like, uh, you know, turns, I think the other partner on drastically. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we need to take a short break, but we will be right back with the second half of the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. So we have the standard joke. I mean, well, we have a lot of jokes on the sex rap, <laughs> most of which Andrew rolls his eyes out. Um, But the most common joke on our show reoccurring is that the answer to every single question is communication. 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 Talk about it. There we go. Maybe we should just have an all a whole episode where we communication, just communication back and forth for thirty minutes. Communication. No, no one would listen. It's it's a terrible idea. Um, but open communication oh, is the key. It is right. I mean, like talk about like I feel guilty or I feel dirty because, and if you start really talking about the issues underlying it, because like you know my family and my government and my school and my church all told me that I should be ashamed of enjoying sex or that I should be ashamed of requesting what I want really start looking at all of that I mean like wait why why are they telling me that message why are they feeding me that message and also and- thinking about whether you actually believe that because sometimes we take on these messages without realizing it because they're so they're so prevalent, right? They're around us just so much that like they get in our psyche, they get in our heads without us even actually processing them and really agreeing with them. And so when we can start to say, wait a minute, what is this feeling? Why am I feeling it? And do I agree with this? Then we can actually work with that and say, you know, actually, I don't think it's true that I should feel guilty about asking for this. And so then you can choose to feel differently. You can choose to say, you know, I don't want to feel guilty because I don't think I should feel guilty. I wish the sec- I wish Sex in the City was still on television. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's this really amazing show in the late 90s and early 2000s. So it's old now. Um, but it's about four women who actually have sexual agent. Well, three of the four <laughs> actually have sexual agency. And they talk about what they want and they're frank about it and they're open about it. Um, and they end up having much better sex lives because of it. Um, 
I, I was trying to come up with a modern example in the media where a woman is allowed to ask her partner for oral sex, where she's allowed to take pleasure, where she's allowed to be. Um, I mean, and, and, and I'm struggling to come up with one. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's true. We, um, we do have some shows that are doing good, great, great stuff about like sex ed, like big mouth and that show sex education, like these things that are actually talking about sexuality openly and, you know, providing good information and entertainment. Um, and that's great. But I think it's true that we don't have any great examples right now of, um, women being empowered in their sexuality, like in popular media at this moment. Yeah. I mean, so right. If you look at a show that's explicitly about sex and sex education, that's being created by people like me and spring, um, who have, uh, an agenda in mind, which is let's talk about sex. Let's communicate about sex. You're going to get those more positive sexual messages for women. But if you're not listening to those or they're not available or you're not seeking them out, the whole rest of the world, I mean, the reason why you feel guilty about asking your boyfriend to give you oral is because the whole world has told you your whole life you should feel guilty about having sexual desires and you should be guilty about voicing them. And that's 100% not true. Uh, 100%. Right? And if we could say a number over 100 and it would make mathematical sense, we would. <laughs> right. Like when someone says they're giving 110% Ugh, they're effort, giving 100. they're not. They were just lying about giving. <laughs> yeah, they're giving 100. You only have one. Um no, it's completely wrong. Um, and it takes a lot of time for people to really start moving away from that belief. Um, there's lots of women who have problems orgasming at all until they're in their late 20s and their 30s or even into their 40s because it takes them decades of, you know, talking with their friends or listening to us to unlearn all of those negative sexual messages. So today, like, our listeners, if you are a woman and you feel guilty or shameful about enjoying sex or asking for specific sex or if acts you're or any a other man aspect or of if it, you're transgender, I mean, we all we all get messages about shame that we should feel around sex and specific sex acts as well. Yeah, so I mean, any anybody that is feeling any shame around any sexual act, any uh, sexual desire, any sexual um, like longing or attraction yeah like take a minute to think about you know what the f <laughs> is telling you to feel that way and do you agree with it because like you can actually take some power back quite easily here right um and i mean if we think about it at the end of the day like what do you want your sex to be right? Because you are the person who gets to decide what it is. Um, and by asking this question, it's obvious that you don't want to feel guilty about it. You want to have good oral sex with your partner who wants to give you oral sex. Like that's what you want. Um, so really be thoughtful about what you want and, and, and change the script in your head from, you know, I should feel guilty. I feel dirty. Someone might see me too. Sex is supposed to be fun and funny and engaging and interesting and intimate. It's something that you want to share with someone else that someone else wants to share with you. And asking a partner for what you like or want should be all of those things as well, right? You can have a lot of fun asking. And, you know, you another thing, since we're talking about communication, obviously, um, we can talk about how you might want to, um, you know, just tell your partner that you do really enjoy it and that sometimes you feel anxious asking about it and talk about um, how you might incorporate it more regularly 
uh, or if there might be even like a code word or like something that you want to use that might feel easier for you. And you can actually brainstorm things like that with your partner. And, you know, so if it's hard for you to talk about it in the moment, then you can talk about it at another time and start to get some of those ideas going. Yeah. I would just like to point out that this is the fastest Spring has spoken in like eight or nine episodes. She is fired up today and she's going, which is great. Like we're both really passionate about this, but I can see like I'm, I'm looking at Spring right now. Like she she is ready to explode, trying to get people to feel less to shame and guilt. In Spring and I, <laughs> yeah, in both in both of our past, um, Spring and I have talked about it before and we've mentioned it on episodes. We have lots of shame and guilt about relationships and experiences and individuals. Um, and we still, like Spring and I are best friends. We talk all the time and we're still working through past trauma and past guilt to try to have better relationships and sex with people now, right? So this isn't the kind of thing where you're going to be able to instantly be like, I'm going to turn off that switch in my head and all of a sudden it's going to be okay. It's going to be, I'm going to have a lot of conversations with my partners and my friends, um, people who are close to me to step myself, pull myself up out of this kind of swamp of negativity, sex negativity in the world around us. And once you start, like once you take one step, the second step is easier. The third step is easier than that. It gets easier and easier to the point where you're on the car in a train and you get yelled at for having fun Oops. conversations. <laughs> that was last episode anyway. All right. Is there anything else? Oh, is there anything else we needed to cover before we get to tips today? Well, I mean, I guess I just wanted to say, you know, you were just talking about like um, having these conversations with friends as well. And I think that that is really important. And, and we've talked about this on an episode where, um, you know, make sure that you're not kind of sharing things that your partner might not want you to share. But if you're having trouble like vocalizing something, um, you could also ask your friend, like, you know, how do you vocalize this? Or how do you ask for this? And like getting tips from your friends and like actually just being a little more vocal in talking about sex in general um, is another way that we actually combat some of that shame and stigma. And so I think, you know, uh, go to your friends and ask for tips on how they do things like that too. Now, that's really great advice because if you have that good inner cluster of friends that you can talk about um, and you're having consensual conversations about your life with them, um, it's a great way to look at other strategies or have them be a sounding board, right? Often your friends will be like, it's crazy. You shouldn't feel guilty at all. Oral sex is the best. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have two tips today. You got a spring tip and an Andrew tip. So <laughs> twice as much tip, double the tip. That double, doesn't make any sense. Ooh, okay. Double ended tip. Oh, that sounds great. That's what we should rename it. So there's always two. Okay. <laughs> um, so my tip this week is that I want you to think about shame as a useless emotion. Whenever it rears its ugly head, I want you to take a second, put a little like stopgap in your brain and think about that almost every single time that shame comes up in your life, it's based on the outside world, outside influence, trying to get you to conform to some outdated sexist ideal, right? Almost all of shame is something outside of you, trying to force you to be something that you're not. And usually it's to conform to an external, outdated ideal. So put that little stopgap in your head. And when you feel the shame coming up, it, you got to tell yourself, wait, hold on, hold on. This is the outside world, and it's not right. It's not true. It's 100% false, right? 100%. 100%. Okay, so that's my tip for today. Okay. What's your tip? My tip is... 
since this question is um, a woman, you know, talking about her boyfriend uh, and she feels uncomfortable asking him to go down on her, I want to say to her, um, try to embody your boyfriend for a moment because I'm betting that he has a really easy time asking you to go down on him because that oh. is that is what I would say one of the most common things that men like to ask their partners for and don't feel any shame about asking their partners to suck their dick, you know? Yep. And I mean, it's totally okay. Men can say suck my dick in all kinds of situations. It's just a normal, okay thing <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah. say. I mean, I, that is awesome advice for Like, so like, <laughs> fuck my clit. Yeah. I mean, like, just think about, think about how easily your partner probably says that to you and then see if you can like use that to embolden yourself a little bit and be like, you know, he has no problem asking me for that. So why should I have any problem asking for that? Right. If he feels no shame asking for it, you should also feel no shame asking it because sex is about fun and reciprocity and enjoyment. Oh, reciprocity. I love that that word. So sexy. So sexy. Sexy. We have hit the sexy end of our sexy show today. Um, Yeah. So uh, we love your questions. We love talking with you. We love interacting with you. So if you have any questions about sex, sexual health, love relationships, um, and want to have us talk about it, just just let us know. You can reach us via phone. We're at 413-I-RAP-IT. Um, we are, uh, you can email your questions to us. We're the sexrap at gmail.com. Uh, we have a very active social media presence. So make sure you get onto our social media, like, follow, and you can see lots of messages. Um, we're at the sex rap. Um, that's wrapped with the W on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, but thanks for listening today, everybody. Talk to you real soon. We'll be here next week. Next week. Bye-bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too afraid... Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious... Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.